Hello, everyone. I'm Becca, dietitian by trade, mom 24-7, wife from the start, and when there's a few extra hours in the day, you might find me hitting the trails or on horseback. And I'm Kara, a therapist to women, a mom to a boy, an entrepreneur, mountain junkie, and a postpartum runner. And this is Fit for a Queen, a podcast that's devoted to the female athlete wanting to balance the teeter-totter of all the things we desire out of life as women. Performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self, even if we only get one minute out of the day. We're so excited to be bringing you the queens in the athletic world who have done just that. Okay, ladies, take a seat at your thrones, grab your crowns, and welcome to Fit for a Queen. Welcome back, queens. We have a local celebrity author, Kim Peek, in the house. Um, in her early 40s, Kim became a runner, a triathlete, and then a coach. But she didn't always like endurance activities. At one point, she threatened to fire her trainer because the sessions involved Kim running around the one-tenth mile track at the gym. She stuck with it because she enjoyed the camaraderie among the moms and because she quickly dropped 50 pounds, all while realizing she was capable of achieving hard things. The discipline she developed as a runner gave her the strength to face a 2015 breast cancer diagnosis with courage. She continued running through treatment and celebrated the end of chemo by running a half marathon with a group of friends a week later. As a new mom, a frequently injured runner or breast cancer survivor, Kim was never content with sitting back and letting life happen to her. Every obstacle, injury, and surgery motivated her to look for solutions and continue her education. Now as a coach, podcaster, and author, Kim shares the lessons she's learned so that others can discover the solutions she so desperately needed. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk to you guys. (laughs) We're excited to talk to you. Yeah. So I'm curious, in the midst of this love-hate relationship with running, what happened that made you flip to uh, finally loving it? You know, I really think it had a lot to do with just the group of women that I was hanging out with at the time. Um, I think just that there's something special about the people that you meet when you start exercising or working out. And we had at the time a trainer who I think is probably the best trainer I have ever encountered Mm -hmm. in all of my years of working out. And she did a fabulous job of creating a sense of community, which I think is so important. We had a group of 12 to 16 women that would rotate in and out of these groups. And she did small group personal training. So we had groups of four. And if your kid got sick, because it was mostly moms, Mm -hmm. and we all kind of hung out at the gym at the same time. But if your kid got sick or something came up, You didn't just bail on your training and the whole group, you know, okay, we can't come today. She would just work somebody else into the group. So over, you know, a period of time, we had like this group of 16 women that we could depend on. And we all became great friends. And our kids actually would drag us to the gym because they knew that when when they got to the gym, they got to play with their friends. And so... I think it instilled some healthy habits in our kids, too. Mm-hmm. But um, w- but what I really think is that it was the community. And I think that that's just such an important thing right now, especially mm-hmm. because community and connection is such an important aspect of mental health. Mm-hmm. And that's something that maybe while we're all being quarantined, we're not getting as much of right now. 
Yeah. Oh, as Karen say, the oh, tribe. Yeah. The tribe. The you know, tribe. Kim, I work with uh, mothers, especially postpartum um, mothers, and I'm just thinking how great it is to have a tribe like that who totally get motherhood that you don't have to make excuses for what's going on. Everybody gets it and understands. And um, just, uh, again, what a great support system for, for moms. Yeah, it was really a special, I think I look back at it and think of it as being just a really special time in my life. And I think that if we tried to create it on purpose again, I don't know if we could create Uh such a tight-knit group, but it was really special at the time. Mm -hmm. An organic group coming together. That's awesome. Yep. So you loved it so much, you decided to coach. Um, Tell us about your holistic coaching philosophy. Yeah, so I became a coach because once I decided I liked running, I became a little overzealous, which (laughs) led to being overtrained and chronically injured. Mm. And so I initially wasn't trying to be a coach. I was just looking for answers to what was I doing wrong? Why was I always injured? Because nobody wants to sit on the sidelines while their friends are out having all the fun. Right. And so I just started looking for answers. And I started running 11 years ago. And 11 years ago, we didn't quite have all the podcasts about health and fitness and all the blogs and just everything, all the resources that you can find right now. And so I went out to Boulder. I had met Danny Abshire, who was the founder of Newton Running. Mm -hmm. He came to Kansas City and was doing running clinics when they first were launching the Newton Shoes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I went to his running clinic. And was completely blown away because nobody had taught me any of these things before. And I just couldn't figure out, like, why wasn't somebody teaching this stuff? So a group of us went out to Boulder to be trained by Newton Running and the Lydiard Foundation. And so I got my start there, came home from that just blown away and thought, this information isn't out there. I really want to help others so that they don't make the same mistakes I did. And that's kind of how it started was really looking for answers for myself and then thinking it was such good information that I wanted to make sure other people had it. Mm-hmm. Aww. Absolutely. Love it. It's almost like fate kind of intersected you there for you to, to know where, where to go. Mm-hmm. I love stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was, I, I just really lo- love where I was at that time. and just, the fact that all of the pieces fell into place so that I could start learning more, you know, and then I think once you realize how much science there is to it and how much mm-hmm. more there is to learn that to me, I just love to learn. And so that just made me start digging into more and wanting to learn more. So I've gotten a lot of other certifications since then, but I, I just kind of, am always constantly trying to learn. So I'm always looking at research and, and reading books and you know all and, and finding new new people who I can learn from. Right. It's it's been interesting even in the last almost just 2 years where they're finally putting those puzzle pieces together of like oh gosh, there is too so I can't talk. <laughs> there is such thing as yes. too much training. There yes. is such thing yeah. as not enough nutrition, not yep. enough sleep mm-hmm. and get ready for this. Can yep. we find our sweet spot yeah. of what that should look like? 
Um, and so it's so nice to have coaches out there like like you um, and now a podcaster as well. Can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, so in my effort to just try to keep getting information out there, I started a podcast and I was I really am focused on what makes people successful and I started out asking a question at the every at the end of every one of my podcasts. I asked the person I'm interviewing to share with us three traits that they believe all champions possess. And I learned so much from the answers that the people give us, but it seems like it always comes back to things like optimism, gratitude, resilience, mm-hmm. and having compassion for ourselves mm-hmm. and wanting to keep learning and accepting our mistakes. And so I'm just really fascinated by that whole aspect, too, of performance, Um, not just as an athlete, but as a human, because I think that there's a lot of overlap between the two as far as just the traits that drive people to be successful. But I also find it really interesting that so much of what makes people successful is just optimism and being thankful and accepting where they are today and accepting their bodies as they are so that they can continue to grow. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm not a running coach, but I always tell my athletes, like, you don't appreciate the good runs until you have the crappy ones. That's right. That's right. And it's okay to have a crappy one because you'll have a good one at some point. You're not meant to run a PR every Every time. Yeah. On my podcast, I one of my favorite interviews was when I interviewed Nick Simmons, who is an Olympian, 800-meter uh, track. Um, and one of the things that he talked about, about optimism, was that you need to appreciate everything that you have done and everything that has brought you to where you are. Because he said that he knows people who are Olympians, people who have won the gold. And they still just, it's not enough. Yeah. You know, they, they're still searching for something mm-hmm. else. And so if you're not taking time to reflect on what you have done and what got you there, that mm-hmm. you're probably not going to appreciate it even when you get to the very top of whatever your, you know, of your sport. Mm-hmm. That's a very good that point. That's a great one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And last but definitely not least, tell us about your book, a little bit about it, and then kind of the process of getting this out there. So the book is called Holistic Endurance Training, The Integrated Approach to Thriving as an Athlete. And the premise basically is that our bodies are trying to get our attention. And if we learn to listen, we can adapt our training so that our performance improves. And training, I'm talking about in a broad, pretty broadly, I'm looking at things like sleep, rest and recovery, nutrition, doing strength work, and consistent training. Not looking at all of the things that athletes tend to think of as being optional or supplemental. Not looking at them as supplemental, but looking at them as non-negotiable. If I want to be the best athlete I can be, the most healthy individual that I can be, I need things like sleep. I need to focus on rest and recovery, and I need proper nutrition. And I'm not talking about, like, just nutrition on your run, but like like you guys talk about, you need 
to fuel your body for the work that you're going right. to do. Mm-hmm. So um, looking at it holistically, the big picture, not just, oh, did I check all the boxes and get out there and do my short run and my long run and my tempo run this week, but really looking at it from how is my body responding to what I'm doing and what can I learn from this and then learning how to adapt your training to what you find out. I love that. This is not optional. This is non-negotiable. Like if you want to perform well, you can't do Mm -hmm. it on six hours of sleep. You can't do it on a restricted calorie diet or cutting carbs out. You got to do the whole shebang. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Love it. Well, um, also, can can they still work with you as a running coach? Are you still taking clients? I am. Yeah. Great. How would that work? Kind of give us a little overview of how you um, incorporate all this holistic knowledge into your individual um, clients. I work with all of my clients online and people can find me at crushingmygoals.com. And when people first come to me, I do an assessment where we just talk about their goals and their past running history and, you know, get the whole background information. I really focus with people on, you know, if you say you want to run a marathon, I'm not going to write you a plan for a marathon that's 12 weeks from now if Mm -hmm. you've never run before. So helping people pick realistic goals, Mm -hmm. making sure that they're listening to their bodies. I I don't just write a full training plan and give it to people. I want interaction. I want them to tell me how it's going, how they're feeling, and really give me a lot of feedback on each workout so that we can learn how the body is responding. Because if you're just busy checking off boxes and trying to get in all the runs at the right pace, at the right distance that your coach says, you are going to get hurt because your coach is not inside your body. Your coach doesn't know how you feel. And if you're not communicating with them, they can't change things. And I think part of the role of a coach is to sometimes to help hold you back because a lot of people Mm -hmm. that do running and triathlon are super type A and they think that (laughs) to be successful, that you have to do like do a workout exactly as the coach wrote it. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't do it exactly that way, then I wasn't successful. And I think that that is like so far from the truth. To me, you're successful if you're honoring what your body is telling you. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's especially important. Like it's starting to get hot in Kansas City. And so right now you're going to have a bunch of runners that are going to be beating themselves up because they're not used to running in the heat and humidity. And they're not hitting their paces all of a sudden. Well, that's not a failure. That is your body telling you that the conditions have changed and you need to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. So I work with my runners a lot on on things like that, just understanding what the body is telling them, good communication, trying to help them not compare themselves to others. The only person you're competing against is yourself. And even if today you can't better than what you did yesterday, you know, we we like that, um, that phrase about beat yesterday around here, but that's not always possible either. You, it's, as long as you're doing what your body is allowing you to and you're listening to it and honoring it, that's what I think is important. 
No, I love that approach. Learn how your body is going to respond, Mm -hmm. like that intuition. What is it telling you? Yeah. I like that a lot. And I was just, I've been looking at your website. It's a great website with so many resources, Kim. You've got um, um, a lot of information there. I will say, too, that one of the things that I really encourage people to do is to keep a journal. I think Mm -hmm. that that's a big piece missing from a lot of training plans, and that's going to help people learn what their body is telling them. You're going to start to see patterns. You're going to, not just with your mindset, but, you know, oh, I didn't get enough sleep last night, and that's maybe why I Mm -hmm. felt sluggish. Or I lifted weights really heavy yesterday. No wonder my feet feel like lead today. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of these things you would think are obvious, but sometimes we don't see them, see the patterns until we get them down on paper. Right. Well, I think, yeah, I think we as a society have just become so disconnected from our body, right, that that awareness sometimes is loss of what's going on in there. Full speed yeah. ahead. Yep, go, go, go. <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is a good time to slow down. Uh-huh. What's your body telling you? Um, Kim, thank you for being on. We would love to hear how you live out the fit philosophy, especially right now in kind of some crazy times of how do you balance performance, health, intellect, and taking time for self? How are you doing with uh, balance these days? Yeah, what's your what's your body telling you? How's mm-hmm. this responding? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is a good question. Right now, just recently, like as all of this COVID stuff has been going on, you know, it threw my, my own routine. Mm-hmm. out the window and you know, all of a sudden I have kids moving home and a husband <laughs> oh staying at home to work during the day and everything that worked for my routine is my habits were just gone. And, you know, at first I tried to power through and tried to get things done and I had these long to-do lists and it wasn't working. And what I realized is that if I don't take time for myself first thing in the morning, Nothing else goes right. I don't feel creative. I just, my emotions are flat. So what I have been doing is super, super simple. I sleep. I sleep until I wake up on my own. I'm not setting an alarm. I still tend to wake up fairly early on my own because I'm going to bed at a good time. Mm -hmm. But then the first thing I do is... I take my dogs for a walk and I just get out in the sunshine and I walk with my dogs and I have a couple of podcasts that I like that I will listen to a podcast, fill my brain with all that positivity in the morning. And once I'm done walking the dogs and listening to that positive message, then I am ready to go for the day and I feel like myself again. Mm -hmm. I love that. Sometimes you don't need to make things so complicated. Yeah. Keep it simple. Right. We have the outdoors. Yeah. Well, Kim, thanks so much for being on. I really appreciate talking to a local um, running coach, and we'll make sure that we have all of your resources available to our listeners. Yeah, thank you, Kim. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Absolutely, and we'll put all your information on the link so they can find you. Sounds great. Thanks, Kim. Have a good one. Bye, Queens. Today's episode is brought to you by Yours Truly. I'm excited to announce the releasing of my book, Finding Your Sweet Spot in Sport, Avoiding Relative Energy Deficit in Sport, also known as REDS, by optimizing your energy balance. Be sure to follow me on social media or go to my website, www.beccamacomble.com 
Bye, queens. For additional information on today's topic and guests, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fit for a Queen. And Hashtag Fit for a Queen. And don't forget to rate us on iTunes. We can't wait for you to join us next time on Fit for a Queen. Bye, queens.